Welcome to Come Follow Me Kids. We're studying the words of Isaiah. Did you know that we have Come Follow Me podcast listeners in over 73 different countries? Well, today we have some friends reading us some scriptures. Can you guys guess what language they are each speaking? Psalm 104, verse 1 bis 4. Lobe den Herrn, meine Seele. Herr, mein Gott, wie groß bist du? In et l'arc sera dans la nuée, et je le verrai pour me souvenir de l'alliance perpétuelle entre Dieu et tout être vivant de toute chair qui est sur la terre. Sometimes when we read the scriptures that are written by ancient prophets like Isaiah, it can feel like we're reading in a different language. It can be really hard to understand. But did you know that Isaiah is the most quoted prophet in all of the Book of Mormon and all of the New Testament, his words are important. Even Nephi in the Book of Mormon told us that the words of Isaiah were great. He said this, And now behold, I say unto you, that ye ought to search these things. Yea, a commandment I give unto you, that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. Nephi told us that everything Isaiah said would happen in the past has happened. And everything Isaiah prophesies will happen in the future will happen. Nephi told us that the words of Isaiah are great and that they would all come true. Everything that Isaiah said would happen after Isaiah was alive, but before Nephi was alive, had happened. So everything he predicted had come true. And Nephi tells us that everything Isaiah prophesies that will happen in the future will happen. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to see the future? That reminds me, Addie has a time machine. Do you want to get into my time machine with me? Um, Addy, that kind of looks like a cardboard box with a luminous foil over it. Trust me, get in! Okay, if you say so. It's so dark in here. I can't see. Here, let me turn on my time machine headlights. Um, Addy, that's just a flashlight. Trust me, I'm your sister. Okay, ready? Close your eyes. I'm going to get out my secret to time travel. Okay, open your eyes. Here it is. That's the Old Testament you're holding. What does that have to do with time traveling? Isaiah was a prophet who lived a long time ago, even before Jesus was born. But he prophesied or told about things that would happen many years into the future. When we read his words, it's like listening to someone who has traveled in a time machine. Wow, that's so amazing, Addie. Did Isaiah actually really travel to the future? No, but with Heavenly Father's help, he saw visions of many things that would happen in the future. And he wrote about those things. When we read Isaiah, it's like we're traveling in the time machine with him. We can listen to his words and imagine that we are there, seeing the things that he saw. 
let's pretend that we were in the time machine when Isaiah saw a vision showing Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. Listen to his beautiful words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah also saw the sad time when Jesus died. He saw all of this 800 years before Jesus was even born. Listen to what Isaiah said. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Now let's pretend to travel ahead many more years and listen to Isaiah telling about the coming of the Book of Mormon through Joseph Smith. And thou shalt be brought down, and shalt speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as of one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. Joseph, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Oh, has everything that Isaiah saw already happened? No, not everything. Isaiah saw many things that would happen in our very own day, but he also saw things that are still in the future, like a time called the millennium, when Jesus will come and live on the earth again. Isaiah was so lucky. He saw so many things. Yeah, but we're lucky too. We can go with them and see them too when we read the scriptures. Isaiah prophesied a lot about things that will happen before Christ comes again. Isaiah prophesied that the people in the last day would be worldly. That means they care more about things than the gospel. He talked about wicked priests and princes who would lead the people away through greed and wickedness. He talked about how people would have endless chariots, probably meaning he saw our fancy cars and vehicles. He said people would walk around with stretched forth necks meaning that they would think they're better than other people, and they would have wanton eyes, meaning that no matter how much stuff they have, they would always want more. He even described how some of the wicked people would dress. So let's play dress. While your dressing room consultant tells you what she's giving you, pretend to put it on. Welcome to Isaiah's Boutique. Today, you are lucky enough to get to pretend to pull on everything Isaiah talked about in the Old Testament. Step into the dressing room, darling. Okay, first, let's start with a nice linen outfit with a hood. Simple, right? Okay, and here you are, some gorgeous pins for your hair. Next, you need anklets, lots of them, so they jingle together when you walk. Oh, sounds so nice. Oh, and now a headband that looks fabulous on you. Oh, and some crescent-shaped earrings and some pendants, which are really fancy necklaces. Oh, and bracelets, lots and lots of bracelets on both wrists. Here are some scarves to wrap around you. That is definitely your color. And now this is rather heavy, but it will look fabulous on you. Check out this amazing headdress. And now you need an armlet. It's like a bracelet for the top part of your arm. Oh, that's a tight squeeze. Someone's been working out. And now some signet rings. Oh, and of course a nose ring. Hopefully you don't sneeze. And now you need to put on a fancy embroidered robe. 
Are you getting hot yet wearing all of this? Here's your cape! That looks super! Get it? A cape? Super? Anywho. On top of that, a cloak, because why not? And here are some fashionable glasses to wear. Now to top everything off, put on a turban. Oh, and here's a gorgeous handbag to hold. Oh, and in your other hand, hold this mirror because you need to look at your fabulous self all day. Oh, and wear this fancy veil too. It adds just a little mystery. And voila, you are now very Bible chic. Oh, please excuse her accent. I have no idea where she was from. Oh man, how did it make you guys feel to put on all those silly clothes? How would you describe someone who walked around like that? It all seems a bit excessive. Yes. We need to make sure we don't fall into any of Satan's traps that Isaiah is warning us about. We can't want everything we see. We shouldn't always want the newest toys, the fancy shoes. We need to remember none of that matters. What really matters is our testimonies and that we're doing what's right. If that's our focus, we will get to live with Jesus among the righteous when he comes again. And in the end, the Lord is actually going to take away all that worldly stuff from the wicked. They will be punished. Isaiah says that the Lord will cause destruction that makes all the wicked people leave their fancy things and they'll go hide in caves. Isaiah says if we fill our head and our hearts with the things of the Lord, we will be protected. How do we make sure we're staying on the covenant path when Satan is tempting us with so many worldly things? Well, Isaiah actually teaches about that too. Time for a directed drawing. Don't fall and smash the drawing. If you can, grab a piece of paper and something to draw with. If you don't have anything to draw with, just use your finger and your imagination and draw in the air. Follow our instructions and draw what we say. Can you figure out what it is you're drawing? At the middle top of your paper, draw a diagonal line down to the left about one third of the way down your paper. Stop right before you get to the edge. Now do the same thing on the other side. At the middle top of your paper, draw a diagonal line down to the right about one third of the way down your paper. Stop right before you get to the edge. Now at the bottom of one of those diagonal lines, draw a straight line down almost to the bottom corner of your paper. Now do the same thing on the other side. At the bottom of the other diagonal line, draw a straight line down almost to the bottom of your paper. Now connect those two bottom lines with a line across the bottom of the paper. In the middle of that bottom line, draw a long vertical rectangle that uses the bottom line as its base. Then draw a small circle in the middle of the rectangle, but make the circle off to one side. Now in the empty space below your two diagonal lines, draw two squares in the middle of that open space. One square on each side of the space. 
inside of those squares, make a lowercase t shape. You're basically cutting your square into four smaller squares. Do that to both of the squares. Okay, what did you draw? A house. Listen to what Isaiah had to say about the Lord's house. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. The Lord's house is the temple. So why do we want to go to the Lord's house? The temple of God, it's the most sacred place in the world. It's a place where it feels like heaven touches the earth. It's a place where so many amazing blessings are given to us. It's somewhere we can feel really close to Heavenly Father and Jesus. Some of our listener friends are going to share with us why they want to go to the temple someday and how we can prepare for that day in the future. Remember, we can start going to the temple when we are 12 years old. My name is James and I'm 7 years old. I can prepare to go to the temple by getting baptized and making covenants with Jesus Christ. I can prepare to go to the temple by getting baptized for the dead when I'm old enough. I'm Alice. I'm five. I'm excited to go to the temple because I went inside one once for our open house and the lights were the beautiful sight i ever seen. I'm nine years old and I live in Idaho. I want to go to the temple to get married and baptized for the dead. I can prepare by learning about it at church and visiting the temple grounds. Temples are different than the thousands of church meeting houses located around the world. Temples have a more specific purpose. There are places that are special, and they're set apart for sacred services and ceremonies. Temples are the only place where some of the priesthood ordinances are authorized to be performed. It's how we proceed down the covenant path. These sacred ceremonies lift and inspire us as we make commitments to follow the teachings and examples of Jesus Christ. Do you guys know how many temples there are in use and being built right now? Let's play a little guessing game with whoever you are listening with. Everyone needs to guess the total number of temples the church has right now. Whoever guesses the closest to the right number gets a hug. Okay, what do you guys think? Here's a hint. The gospel's been restored on the earth for just about 200 years. The Salt Lake Temple was built about 129 years ago, if that helps you. So, what's your guess? How many temples do you think there are? There are currently 282 temples worldwide. The books Isaiah through Malachi in the Old Testament are known by most Christians as the books of the prophets. For most people that believe in Jesus, these sections are filled with the words of God's authorized servants, which are called prophets. These prophets spoke with the Lord and they shared his messages with ancient people, about 900 
to 500 years before Christ was born. Prophets and prophecy are a big part of the Old Testament. Does the fact that there were prophets in ancient times surprise you? No, none of this comes as a surprise to the Latter-day Saints. In fact, the restored gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us that prophets are not just an interesting piece of history, but an essential part of God's plan. While some other religions see prophets as something that was unique to ancient times, like in the Old Testament, we as Latter-day Saints see them as something we have in common with ancient times. We know modern-day prophets are still called by God today. And even though it may be hard for us to understand the writings of ancient prophets, the thing they have in common with modern day prophets is they all teach the same eternal truths. And that's relevant to us whether it's the modern times or the ancient times. Let's play a game called Modern Prophet or Ancient Prophet. We're going to read you guys a scripture from Isaiah and then a similar teaching from our current prophet, Russell M. Nelson. Let's see if you can tell their teachings apart. Call out Isaiah first, if you think we read his scripture before President Nelson. Call out Isaiah second, if you think we read Isaiah second after President Nelson. All right, who comes first, President Nelson or Isaiah? After you hear both quotes, you'll hear this sound if it was President Nelson first. And you'll hear this sound if it was Isaiah first. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It is the Savior who paid the price for our sins and transgression and blots them out on condition of our repentance. It is the Savior who delivers us from physical and spiritual death. Even if everyone is doing it, wrong is never right. Evil, error, and darkness will never be truth, even if popular. Woe be unto them that call good evil, and evil good, that hath put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Indeed, as you develop courage to say no to alcohol, tobacco, and other stimulants, you gain additional strength. The damaging effects of alcohol are widely known. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge, and for a covert from the storm and from rain. The stakes of Zion are a refuge from the storm, because they are led by those who hold priesthood keys and exercise priesthood authority. I have felt that I was in the presence of the Lord's elect, and that I was seeing the gathering of Israel occur before my eyes. We live in a day that our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectation. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. 
How did you do? See whether talking about the atonement or temptation or alcohol or the church protecting us, even the gathering of Israel, modern day and ancient prophets all teach the same fundamental truths that will be true for eternity. I love that last scripture. Isaiah wrote prophecies that even today, we are still awaiting for their complete fulfillment. So he saw the future even in our future, like promises of the earth that's going to be full of knowledge of the Lord, where the lost tribes of Israel have been gathered, where the nations don't have any wars anymore. Part of the joy and inspiration that comes from reading the words of the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah is realizing that we are alive in the day he saw. We are playing a role in this glorious day that he and other Old Testament prophets have envisioned. So as we study Isaiah for the next five weeks, get excited. We are living in the future he saw. Okay, that's all we have for this week. Do you guys want to be guests on this podcast? Email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you a special assignment to join us on a future episode. Thanks for listening and until next time. Bye-bye.